Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. You know, if ever there is one day that they should ban at school, uh, I'm putting in a vote for Mufti Day. Right? Not because I'm absolutely religious about kids wearing school uniforms. Uh, it's more about the kids that choose Mufti Day on the wrong day at school. Have anyone ever been in that situation where you've chosen Mufti Day on the wrong day? I, I did, and it's never left me. <laughs> I'm still hurting over it. I was only like in about um, year one or two, and uh, I thought it was Mufti Day, and so I dressed up as a convict. And so in walks Sam with his little convict hat and a little little Hessian sort of outfit that my mum had stitched together for me with the little black arrows everywhere and my own little paper mache ball and chain. And I'll never forget, it still haunts me. It's like when, whenever I relive it, it's like all, all the other kids go into slow motion when you turn up at the gate and you come out of the car and you look around and just that horror as a kid as if to go, it's not Mufti Day. <laughs> and, then, and then you get there and it's like all the kids at the gate are in slow motion. They're like... <laughs> right? Anyone ever had any of those moments? <laughs> they don't leave you, by the way. Um, even if you choose not to dress up as convicts. We, we choose to dress up in all, all other sorts of things that we hope will make us feel acceptable. And I think why we laugh and we chuckle at it is we know the horror of what that feels like because we live it every day and there is a deep desire within each of us in our heart of hearts that the, we wish to be deemed accepted, acceptable. And so as, as a result, what, what then often happens, look, it can happen in a relationship, it can happen in a marriage, it can happen in a circle of friends, it's why you choose the clothes you wear, it's why you talk the way you talk, it's why you turn up to where you turn up, because we want to be deemed ex- acceptable. But have you ever noticed the dynamic that happens when you finally are accepted? More often than not, and I'm sure you would never do this, but more, more often than not, that the minute you go from being an outsider to an insider, once you're on the inside, you affirm your position as an insider by pointing at the outsiders. Right? Sadly, the most common place that this can happen in the world is the church. That's why we're going to talk about it today. Because if the lights go out, sound goes off, we've got a new digital desk in, I, just, I want you to get this. If you're going to fall asleep, I know we got you started at 10, but if you fall asleep, I just want you to get this. Northside will always be a church where we accept people where they are and help them be all that God has designed them to be. And so we're going to talk about that today. The reason we're going to talk about it is, remember, family meeting family meeting we've just I've just been up with the adopted brothers and sisters this morning and so over the next couple of weeks we've been doing this last week remember we've been looking at our values as a church you can see them in your monthly copy of the Northside News Uh, but last week we said we're a church that always points people to Jesus Uh, that, that we're a church who wants to point people to Jesus because we feel that Jesus will make your life better and Jesus will make you better at life. And so we want nothing to come in the way between a person and, and Jesus Christ except this one question, who is Jesus Christ? So I asked last week, are you a search engine or a search ender? And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can podcast it. 
but we're having a family meeting for the next couple of weeks. So we can determine well, what makes Northside Northside. And last week was probably the core value to who we are. But I think this is another one that's, that's pretty core to what makes Northside uniquely different. You know, we, we, we were a church at one point in time um, that accepted, accepted people, you know what, that the church just, many churches just didn't want to touch. And they were sent to the outside and they were ostracized, even if they were believers. And it was this class of people that Christians just didn't know what to do with. They were called divorcees. And Northside for divorcees was simply a church that met people where they're at. You know, in fact, it still happens today. We, we advertise divorce care today and it is amazing the amount of comments that we get flying in on our Facebook page with all sorts of different Bible verses coming up and saying that we're here not for marriages, we're just happy for marriages to be wrecked and all sorts of judgments come flying in and, and we, we read them through and, and all we have to do is chuckle, you know, because here's the problem. Historically, Christians have been very good at pointing the finger at outsiders. Wouldn't you agree? And it's historically, the church has been way better at policing the behavior of outsiders than it has been at policing the behavior of its own. You see, we've seen the way that certain Christians have acted in the, um, the marriage equality debate these days. And some of the judgments and the comments that have been thrown at people who, by the way, haven't signed up for, they're non-Christians, haven't signed up for the standards that we hold ourselves accountable to here. It's crazy, isn't it? You know, nothing discredits the church more, by the way, too, is, is when people see Christians throwing judgment at non-Christians and yet behaving just as badly on the inside. And so what we'll find... This morning is that that's not how first century Christians and God intended this to be. You know, ironically, this judgment is the reason that some of you left churches. This judgment is the reason why some of you haven't been to church for 10 to 15 years. That's why this judgment is sort of reason you've harbored pain and anger and resentment towards God, not because of what God thinks in terms of acceptance, but because of what the church thinks. So I, I want you to get that this morning. We're a place that accepts people where they're at. And I've got to tell you, if you've felt that way, you know, it's not your fault. That's our fault. When I say our fault, not north side, north side, you know, I think we do this reasonably well. We're not perfect, but we do it well. But I think it's the church's fault. I think it's Christian's fault that we haven't done that as well as we could have. And, you know, in the first century, here's the deal. First century Christians, we'll see from this passage, uh, first century Christians didn't expect non-Jesus followers to behave like Jesus followers. Isn't that a surprise? <laughs> and here's the game changer. First century Christians just expected Christians, followers of Jesus, to behave like followers of Jesus. And so this is why Paul says here, what business of it is mine then to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside? God will judge those on the outside. And so here you can see why the biblical reason why, the absolute concrete reason why Northside will always be a church that accepts people where they are 
whether you've been a Christian for years or whether you're just checking out Christianity and why we have a heart to point people to Jesus and help you become all that God has designed you to be. It's biblical. We didn't just make this up. This is not a basicism, you know, a Jay Basic quote that he thought he'd come up with. It's biblical. So, back to the family meeting. Guys, we have no business holding non-believers accountable to standards that are meant for believers. Does that make sense? Pretty clear when I read this in the Bible. Which, why we can constantly say you can belong before you believe and you believe before you behave. And people, Christians have rewound that over the centuries all the time. Oh, you've got to behave before you believe and when you believe, you can belong. See how it works? But this passage is the biblical reason that undoes all of that. And you'll find in Scripture that it's really nuanced too, by the way, when it talks about judgment. Because ironically, there's a real weird misconception in the church too that also says, okay, we're not to judge those outside the church, but you know what? We're not supposed to judge anyone. Right? The, the, we, we sort of think that the Bible says, well, now that we're Christians, we, we love each other and we don't pass judgment on, on anyone. You know, we just love each other. And we'll see that that's not what Paul's saying. Uh, there are two different types of people here in this passage those that shouldn't be judged and those that should. And Christians have reversed that for centuries, and we have a great reputation for it as a result. Normally in Christendom, we reverse it and we're really good at judging the outsider, the unclean, the unwashed, the honey, don't go near them, don't talk to them, don't hang out with them types, the heathen. <laughs> right? We've been really good at looking outside of our little circle, judging them, which then is, by the way, those why those outside the circle don't want to go in our little circle. Because they've felt judged by the way that people talk and act. And so first century Christians, I hope you can see, never started off that way. They had a really clear distinction. If, if you're on the outside, then you act according to your behavior. But, uh, but when you're on the inside, we have a set of standards by which we hold each other accountable. And so, um, so we get this. We're going to go a little bit old school this morning. We're going to get a little bit African-American. We're going to get a little bit gospel on you. We're going to participate. Okay? So, amen. I've already got an amen. It's awesome. So here we go. We're going to say, say, say this phrase here together. After three, judge the believing, not the heathen. You ready? One, two, three. Oh, come on. Is that, we're so low on North Shore, aren't we? It's like everything within you is like, judge the believing. Um, <laughs> Come on, in our best voice. Here we go. This is what Paul says. All right. <laughs> this is good. Could get, get used to this. This is awesome. <laughs> Judge the believer, not the heathen. Which, by the way, some people in hearing that going, Amen. Yes. Yes, that's what we're talking about. Maybe that's you because you're checking out Christianity and you, you heard the word judge and you thought, oh my goodness, I've walked into one of these churches. And then you see that and you go, oh, thank you. And then maybe some of you hear that go, what? <laughs> judge the believing? I, I, thought, I, thought we're all, I thought we're all grace here. I thought, I thought we're all love here. Like, What do we do with that tension? We're all love, aren't we? Like this is Paul. This is the guy that eight chapters later writes writes the, the, the picture frame version of love, 1 Corinthians 13. We know that passage. Right. 
you know, this, this is the love man. The love man Paul. That's what we know him for, not, not, not judgment. And yet Paul says here, okay, when it comes to the insiders, and by the way, this is, this is how you actually create a context where we can help people be all that God designed them to be. See in this value that first step is we accept you wherever you are, but we don't want you to, we not just accept you, we, we want you to be all who God has designed you to be. How does that happen, Paul? Paul says that happens when you make judgment on one another. Oh, wow. What do we, what do, we do with that? Because he says here, what business of it is mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those on the inside? Are you not to judge those on the inside? Paul says quite clearly we're supposed to judge each other. Then he goes on in Romans and says this, accept those whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. One person's faith allows them to eat everything, but another person whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. Sounds a bit crazy talking about food. Let's just look at that first line there. Accept those whose faith is weak. You know what that is? It's a judgment. He's saying there, look at someone and say, are they strong faith or are they weak? That's a, that's a judgment. And so here's, here's the first thing we see from Paul. Paul says in order to not only accept people where they are, but to, 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 to help them be all that God has designed them to be, you need to judge in order to love. You need to judge in order to love. It sounds pretty crazy, doesn't it? Uh, but remember all the time uh, that, that I, I say here that the opposite of love is not hate, it's indifference. And so to make a, a judgment like this, first and foremost is saying, hey, I, I love you because I can, I can see there's a way that you are living that's not in accordance with the standards that you and I have signed up for. Member of my connect group, friend, accountability partner, right? I can see, I can see that you're living in a way that doesn't, doesn't gel with with all that Jesus Christ has saved us from and for, so, so I'm going I'm to make a judgment. But I do that in, in my mind's eye first. And we judge in order to love all the time. You know, we see parents. Parents do it all the time. House rules. House rules. You know how house rules go. You know, if you're a parent or if you've been parented, which means it's everyone. Okay? But, you know, you have a set of house rules. And if the kids don't follow the house rules, then the judge turns up. It's normally mum or dad, right? And what does mum or dad say? Well, in our household, we behave like... Anyone ever had that? Was it just us? Okay, good. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, it's not there to be a, 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 a benign dictatorship over these little darlings. It's, it's a way that... <laughs> It's a way to nurture them, to foster them into all that God has designed them to be. So you're judging in order to, 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 to love. And you you're want them to obey the rules so that they grow into all that God wants them to be. Now that's all that Paul's talking about. All that Paul is talking about here is that once you become a Christian, notice the difference? Once you become a Christian, once you sign on, for that life, then there, yes, there is a set of, we all know this, by the way, so it's happy to talk like this to the insiders. There is a standard, there is a set of behavior, there is a way that we all should live, and we guide each other in that through the Bible and through our connect groups. And sometimes it's unclear and it's messy and it's muddy, and that's why we have to do all of this in community. But there's a set of standards 
that, that we've called each other to. And that, is, that set of standards is very different from those who are outside of the church or those who are checking out Christianity and sitting with us in our groups and, and in the chairs next to us that haven't yet made that decision. They're, they're types of behavior that that's their own standard. And so what we see here is that when, when we judge in order to love, and here's the distinction because some of you are thinking, oh my goodness, Sam, you're going to let this thing go wild in our church. You know, people are going to go nuts with this. Everyone's going to turn up to Connect Group this week and they're going to have a whole list of different things. <laughs> You're going to wreck the church. Um, here's the essence of it here. What's Paul saying? When you judge to love someone, you judge them in order to preserve them, not punish them. In other words, it's the way a loving parent that sees a child that's an addict or a child that is running out of control wants to grab them and to bring them in and to hold them and to literally shake them and say, can you see what you're doing to yourself? Stop it. It's not what you were made for. It's not who I've designed you for. It's not who God has designed you to be. So, yeah, it's heavy, but it's a loving judgment and we only love people when we choose in this way to judge them, to love them. But here's how we stop it going wild. It's not like church gone wild. Here's how we stop it going through, because you can't just stop there. You make the judgment, okay? You make the judgment, and then Paul follows up on this wonderful passage, Romans 14. You see all of this. He then says, you not only judge the love, but you judge through love. Look at what he says. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. Now, when we first read that, that looks wonderfully open and exactly what we were talking about in terms of this misconception. That verse looks like, yeah, look, just don't judge, don't say anything. (laughs) But can you see the nuance of that verse in there again? Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. What is that? It's a judgment. He says, therefore, let us stop passing judgment by making a judgment that they're weaker in the faith, there's something they're dealing with, and not putting anything in the way that's going to hinder their growth in the faith. Can you see that? (laughs) It's so nuanced. A lot of churches don't get this. And so what what Paul is saying now is is that you judge through love, that accept one another. The Greek word for accept there meant uh, literally to um, to open up your life, um, share, move in towards those who are radically different from you. So the whole dynamic that we can see in here is, okay, first step, you've, you've judged in order to love someone. Okay, yep, they're, they're weak in the faith, they're strong in the faith, they're not living like this. But you judge through love. In other words, you move into a posture where you move in in the context of love in order that you might love them into a self-revelation of the things that they're struggling with. We hearing that? Radically nuanced and different, isn't it? You, you judge in order to love them, but you judge through love. The gospel says make a judgment call, then enter into that relationship with someone in order that you might love them out of the error of their ways. <laughs> Is that how all churches operate? It's, tr- it's so nuanced. It's why you've got to join a connection group, by the way, this week to work. Th- Can you see how we've got to work this stuff out? 
what, what, yeah, what, is, what does that mean when I see someone dealing with this and with this? And where, where's the answer where I see someone that's, that's dealing with this problem or behaving like, there are no answers. There is no index. There is nothing in the concordance that has a whole list of behaviors that we just rattle out our own land verses on. It's a dynamic, it's a principle that we move into. So, <laughs> um, my recommendation as to what we do with this, uh, my, my recommendation is don't do anything with this this week, okay? <laughs> this is like the one sermon of the last 52 where I said, whatever you do, don't go home and start putting this into practice, okay? You just gotta, you just gotta let this simmer, You've got to, because you've got to work out if you're ready to deal with this. And I tell how, how you know whether or not you're ready to pass loving judgment on people. You know, here's how you know you're not ready. You're the sort of person this morning that's been sitting here going, aha, I know exactly who I should send this podcast to. I know ex- you're, you're the one that's already got the phone out or your notebook going, yeah, I need to speak to put that person in group about this and about this and about this. And at the end of it all, I'm just going to say, and Sam told me I said I could. <laughs> right? So here's the principle. If, if you are energized by the thought of judging people, <laughs> you're not ready to judge. If you are energized at the thought of judging people, then don't even think about looking across the auditorium, but you need to go home and look in the mirror. And, and this is the key point, because only until we come to terms with, with who we are and, and, and accepting who we are, can we be the sorts of people who accept other people where they are. Romans also said, whilst we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And you know what that means? It means at one point or another, at one point or another, any of us who call ourselves Christians and Jesus followers were outsiders. And we worship a God who is radically accepting. And the minute we start going, passing judgment on other people, from a position of wanting to punish, not preserve, all we're doing is being people on the inside. How is it even rationally possible that we become people of unloving judgment when we see that is the truth of the gospel? In essence, God didn't make you behave in any certain way before he went and died for you. God didn't expect you to live up to a standard of behaviors before he loved you and accepted you. So why the heck as Christians would we expect it of others? We want to preserve, not punish. And so that's why Paul says really clearly to us this morning, are we ready for it? Can you still remember it? Judge the believing. There we go. All right, we're off church. And if we've gotten that this morning, then it will mean that um, on one hand, we are a church of radical grace. We are a church that accepts people where they are. And if that is you this morning, if you've come to check out Christianity, if you've been frustrated with the church, if you've been burnt by the church, judged by the church, if you're here by the pure miracle that you looked us up on the web, I want you to hear from us this morning. Welcome, 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 wherever you're at. 
We are a church, I hope, of radical grace because we worship a Jesus of radical grace. But on the other hand, we're a church of truth. And we see that all throughout the scriptures as well, that the only way that you and I will become people who grow into all that God has designed us to do and to be, the only way we'll do that is through the divine discipline of loving judgment from those that we are accountable to. And when we get this dynamic right, of grace and truth and grace and truth and grace and truth, we become a community of beauty and we become the community of Jesus' followers that change the world. We become a first century church again. We become the sort of church that people want to be at and look at and be a part of. And we've, in many ways, we've always been that church. We've always been the church that's copped the heat and copped all the sorts of stone throwing and the rock throwing from the theological warriors over the years. Because you know what? In my mind and in my experience, it's far harder to live within the tension of grace and truth than it is to live underneath the rote learned lines of theology that so many other churches can spit out. And I pray that guided by his Holy Spirit, we will be a church that constantly navigates that balance, that we are a church that judges people on the inside in order to love them, but we judge people through love. And that most of all, we become a community that simply accepts people where they're at and points them to all who God has designed them to be. So the only way this is going to happen is not in the newsletter and not on our little family room whiteboard in our meeting room with the team not through nice little drawn-up strategies. But remember I said last week that you are our church. And you are your church. So if you would like to be part of a church that navigates the beautiful dynamic between grace and truth, well, that's what God will have you work on this week. Let's pray. Father, Father, I thank you for the rich history in this place. I thank you for a church that's been willing to deal with the messy, a church that's been willing to deal with the imperfect, a church that's been willing to deal with the tricky in order to accept people where they're at. Father, I pray that in the supernatural, that DNA in the life of this place would continue to be preserved. Father, I uphold our leadership, our elders, our ministry team, myself, Father, in this, in this moment that each of us would see uh, as believers and as followers of you, Lord Jesus, that we are mutually accountable to one another. And so, Lord, in that way, I put our leadership on notice too that at any point in time that this community, that we would call each other out when it, whenever we drift too far to either end of that spectrum that we've talked about this morning. Lord, I pray that if there are people here this morning that have been burnt by the church and by some miracle, they are in this place and this is what they needed to hear. Father God, would they receive that not as some smart words from a preacher, but from you, the accepting God. They're loved, they're accepted. There's a place for them wherever they are in their spiritual journey. And for the rest of us, Lord, continue to push our hearts and mould us. Keep the tension tight and strong between grace and truth. May this emerge from us as a divine beauty, as part of all who we are as a church. 
And as people watch on, Father, I pray that it be a place of wonder and of beauty and a place where people want to be. And so, Lord, we leave this to you. A seed has been sown, but, Lord, you are the only one that can make this grow. I pray you would do that this week in all of our lives. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.